Who's Hound Entertainment presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Sweden and the Speakeasy Studio in the United States, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name is Phil Boyer, and as always, from the land of raping and pillaging of Sweden, my buddy, Mike Svensson. Mike, how the hell is it going over there? Oh, man. I, I, I always lose it when you say, say that. What the fuck am I supposed to, to, to say to that? <laughs> well, it's good. Uh, as I said before, it's, it's still cold as hell. I don't like the cold at all. I was yeah. born in the wrong country. Uh, I couldn't say that enough times. So, but still, <laughs> we're here. We're doing some fun shit, aren't we? We are. We are. Yeah. We, we, as always, we, we, we have fun. And, and not to get political, but you know, I, I know you're a big fan of of the 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 Viking helmets that have the horns. Oh. And, and you know, and I don't want to get political, but we oh, have this, this dumbass over here that they're calling the Viking because he's got this hairy helmet and the the horns on it. Yeah, that was protesting. Oh, he- and, no, and so he's, he's known as the Viking. So I know that will make you very happy. That, yeah. But the, the but Viking culture is expanded over here to the United States. But he's an American, so we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh burn. Burn. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, you know what? We're not alone today. Again, we have somebody very cool with us today. And Mike, why don't you tell everybody who that is? Well, we got a special treat for you guys. Uh, I'm just going to say it's a treat to be able to follow this band. They're called Liar Thief Bandit. And if you haven't heard of them right now, while I wait, you go and check them out. Don't wait for it. Just do it fucking right now. Because with us tonight, it's the eminent singer and guitar player of Liar Thief Bandit, Mike Jacobson. Hey, Welcome, hey, my guys. friend. Hey, hey. hey what's, what's going hey. on? It's good. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, yeah man. Course. Thanks for coming on. Big fan of the show. Big fan. Well, thank thank you. you. Are you also three, freezing your ass off? Um, Not right now because I'm inside. But ah. as soon as I go out that door, man, yeah, it's pretty cold. You say, Phil, th- those clever young young guys, they, they know exactly what to say because I'm inside. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think of that. See? Uh, too funny. Too funny. Yeah. There we go. So uh, this is a, a, a podcast on uh, we're talking about vinyl records. And, and so I'm just going to jump right in there and ask Mike. Yeah. How and when did you discover music and what was the first vinyl record that you bought? Well, um, let's see. Music and vinyl are two different things uh, from my upbringing, because since I'm born in 88, I'm uh, I'm not I I, I wasn't that familiar with uh, vinyl records growing up. My uh, my parents had uh, tucked away all of their vinyl records in in the attic, you know, or out in the garage and it was all CDs during the 90s when I was growing up, you know. So uh, my first introduction to 
real music, as I say, and that would be rock music. That would be from my older brother. But since he was a teenager in the 90s, everything was CDs. So he packed my room with Metallica and Iron Maiden and, you know, all of that stuff. So vinyl records was something ancient to me. And it wasn't until I was in, in high school, I think I was like 16 or 17. And uh, I had been listening for a long time to the almighty Swedish gods, the helicopters, but I hadn't really gotten to understand the value of vinyl records until they started releasing very interesting stuff uh, when I was in an age when I really wanted to buy stuff, you know? And then it was like vinyl records, they were ancient to me, but and they were very... They weren't that popular in the early 2000s, but still it was something with vinyl that I really wanted to explore, you know? So I, I bought my first vinyl record, my own money. That was like, I think it was in like 2003 or 2004. And it was like one of the new Helicopters albums at that time. And I just figured, why haven't I been listening to this before? You know, it was just like a, it was, you know, everything that you've talked about on the podcast prior. It's like you can hold it up. The, the, the cover art is something so much more special than looking it at, at your screen or uh, on a CD booklet or whatever. So, I mean, since then, I'm, I mean, I'm not an avid collector. I won't say that. But, but vinyl has been very interesting to me uh, for like half my life now. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you don't you just love it when when you, when you go there and and then you 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 get those feelings about p- picking up a vinyl record? Why have I not seen this before? Why haven't I been here before? Isn't that like a great feeling? It is. It it really is. It was like it was almost like an epiphany, you know. Yeah. It's like I can't really describe it. Oh, I know what because you're talking you, about. Because every, you, because, every fucking because, week, every fucking <laughs> week when I pick something up, I get the same yeah, feeling except, I did yeah. when I was like 13 years old. Yeah, so I get you, man. Yeah, I got yeah. your back, as I say. <laughs> I know, I know you do. Now, so I think vinyl records they they grew on me pretty fast, and I have to hand it to the helicopters because even in the 90s and in the early 2000s, when vinyl was so not trending they still uh, put it out. They put out lots of singles. They did uh, all their full-length albums. They released it on vinyl. And they didn't care that they were on Universal. And Universal, at some point, didn't really want to do a lot of vinyl records. They said, hey, we have a guy. We can, we can press it ourselves or with this other you know, record company just to get it, I mean, just to make it happen. And... I think that has followed me through my musical life as well. So, because you and you and I are are uh, running into to one another at different record stores, and, we do. And and I see you buy a lot of a lot of vinyl records today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from that get go with with the first helicopters, did you get the sense that this is what I wanted to buy from now on when when talking about physical music? Well, or do abs- you still buy CDs and, and so forth? Well, absolutely. It was something uh, that was, I mean, for me growing up, I was uh, in this digital area where 
with you know peer-to-peer and downloading mp3s and the whole uh, pre-spotify thing but post cd thing you know where uh, music was just something that had lost its value uh, during that like you know internet boom and so on so mm-hmm. i think that when when i discovered vinyl it wasn't like oh this is a compliment to i can buy cd's as well no 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 this was like if i'm going to pay 15 dollars for a cd or 20 dollars for a vinyl i would go for the vinyl yeah and it and a t-shirt for $15. So, I mean, for me, I mean, there is still, as I'm in a, uh, in a touring band myself and I, we go uh, to different countries all the time. I mean, it's, we, we see the value in CDs, but it depends on where, where, where you go, I would say. So for me personally, CDs are nothing I look twice at now. So, so for you, growing up with cds and and the the big scam was hey the cds sound better they, they have the best sound yeah. so when you pop that vinyl on and heard vinyl for you was there a big sound difference for you was the sound just way way better or had your ears already been trained to the cd sound and it wasn't like any big deal that's a very interesting question i mean uh well in my in my case it was like the CD was what I was what I was growing up with, right? And then when MP3s came along, the sound actually went. I mean, it just became so much worse. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. CDs have great quality sound, uh, and audiophiles would tell you that CD is like that kind of um, that kind of quality is what you're looking for, but with the mp3s i was like i was getting used to that instead and it was like Mm. i was listening to mp3 players and stuff but then when the vinyl came along in my life what i what i discovered was that the sound wasn't particularly better but it was warmer and more comfortable and i could see why and i can actually see why people that are older than me uh born in the 70s 60s 50s uh, that they really have this, n- n- I mean, what do you say, nostalgic feeling almost to, to the vinyl record, not only because of the, the, the big fantastic covers or to get to hold it and sit in front of the, the amplifier with your headphones, but just to, to listen to something that really hugs you kind of. Oh wow, that's an interesting description yeah. of that. I, I, like I mean, that. yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not you and I'm not my father who's 20 years older than that. But I mean, still, it's like I can really see why it became so popular at the time, not only because it was kind of the only thing you had. I mean, there were cassettes and eight tracks in the US and so on. But but that the vinyl, uh, it really was a part of that era where music purchasing became so huge. Mm hmm. So it's kind of a like a sound of an era for me. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, so talking about all all those uh, uh, musical uh, indulgements that you had, was that something that you you when you listen to the helicopters and or listen to music in general, was that when you decided that 
this is going to be what I want to do with, with my life. I mean, form a band or play in a band or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, playing music came to me before Vinyl Records did. Uh, so playing music for me was, I mean, there's going to be a lot of mentioning the helicopters. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but, but it's such a big part of my life because when I was 13 and CDs was everything, um, 13 or 14, I think <clears throat> the high visibility album by the helicopters came out and I, I had seen them when I was 11 in my hometown, but I had no idea who, who, who they were. But when that record came out and they broke through, it was like I listened to one particular track and I was like, I have to start playing the electric guitar. This is something I have to do and I have to play in a band and I have to do something that makes me or hopefully makes other people feel what I feel when I listen to this. So, yeah. So, so it was actually the helicopter that inspired you to, to pick up a guitar? Yes, it was. Oh, that's that's it awesome. Wow. Well, well, in in part, I mean, my brother that I mentioned earlier, he had an electric guitar and he had a, an acoustic guitar, and he's eight years older than me, so so he was kind of a like a someone I looked up to, you know, almost like a young hip uncle, but he was my brother. So <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like uh, for me, it was really uh it started there and i was but then that was kind of only like i looked up to him and thought like yeah that's cool and i want to be like him but still when i heard that album and i had listened to like metallica and iron maiden and all that stuff before but when i heard that particular album by the helicopters it was like it was a groove that i wanted to get into you know i think every musician has that that epiphany as well with some band or some artist that when you listen to this, it's like, I don't necessarily have to sound or do exactly like these guys, but I sure as hell want to try to, to, uh, to reach something close to that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But and talking about groove, as mm -hmm. you said, uh, uh, and talking about your band, Liar Thief Bandit, yeah. there's a particular groove in, 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 in your music that, I have said it to you uh, many times before. It's mm -hmm. a mix between Kiss, MC5, The Studios, Ramones, and of course the Helicopters. Uh, do you buy albums like that, like the MC5 and The Studios, or is it uh, something is that's something that just in my head? Well, uh, it's in your head, and it's in my head, and it's absolutely true. It's like <laughs> it is. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, uh before you said the helicopters, you you listed some bands that were crucial to the to uh to the helicopters even existing. So when I picked up the helicopters, I had heard Kiss, I I had listened to I mean, I think my brother had like double platinum, so I heard a lot of Kiss songs the wrong way. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I I I had heard a lot of like classic rock, but when I started listening to the helicopters, that's when I realized that because they did so many covers and every interview I read with them, they talked about all these bands, you know, of course I had heard the Ramones and stuff, but MC5, what, what kind of a band name is that? What is that? The Stooges. Oh, Iggy Pop. Yeah. I've heard that name before, but I've never listened to it and I, no one exposed me to it. 
because I was kind of from the wrong era, you know. So because of the helicopters, I started listening to all those other bands. And because of me starting to listening to them, I, of course, wanted to buy the records. So in the beginning, it was a lot like you listened a lot to MP3s uh, that you kind of stole from the from the from the internet and then as a music lover you were like yeah if i like this a lot then i'm gonna go buy it so go buy it on on cd and then after a while uh like i told you before that i got this epiphany and like really got into vinyl records then it was like i should really get this one on on vinyl and that's where my humble hunt began (laughs) (laughs) yeah so absolutely yes yeah but you you still buy vinyl records today I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. And are you looking for? Are you digging deeper in? Because I know that that you uh, you follow uh, the helicopters uh, and and uh, Nike, who's the singer of helicopters. He he's got a, a a vast amount of records in different genres. Yeah. Are you picking up that the soul parts and and all of that stuff too, or or is I do it just rock and roll? Well, uh, no, it's like. Uh, since since he has shown me uh, during the helicopters years and my formable formable years that there's so much uh, music that I didn't know of uh, in the rock and roll era that, uh, or genre, uh, when he vests out and does other things, I tend to listen and get inspired by that as well. So so yeah, I mean I don't think everything he's put out has been something that i would normally listen to but i'm i'm still interested and i mean the solution come on the great soul records and i mean i've always loved uh, uh the kind of death and roll uh era of um, of entune before nikki uh, started doing helicopters full-time and so on um but i can't say that i'm like uh, he did like a death metal project called death breath it's not like i'm putting that one under the needle every day but i mean sure i i uh, i look out for it i do cool so um in your collection is there something in there that you would never give up in a million years in a million years actually i don't think so i don't think i have that holy grail or that uh like precious uh relationship to a single final uh vinyl record well, um, so what would be that holy grail then? What would be the thing that you'd want in your collection that you don't have? Well, it would be uh, the record I mentioned before, the high visibility with the helicopters, because it's so expensive. I didn't buy it when it came out. And it means so much to me that if I get a hold of one, because it's like they, I've I've had the chance to buy it a lot of times, but then it ends up with the with the um the condition of the record uh, mm. hasn't been good enough for me to spend all that money on it you know yeah right, so right. so i'm i know it's foolish to wait as well i've done it so many times and i've i've regretted it but as it is right now the the prices are so steep that if i'm going to pay like like 200 dollars for a for a vinyl record then then I'm. I want. I mean, it doesn't have to be mint condition, but I want one that has been really taken care of. So yeah, I think that would be the one. High visibility by the helicopters. Okay, so so you would drop two hundred bucks on a record. Uh, 
that that holy grail record if or more. yeah if if the condition uh well i think i think 200 dollars is like that, well that's maybe <laughs> that's well maybe 250 if it's like okay you buy this once and you've bought a lot of stupid shit that's worth more that you don't have any use for if you buy this once you put it away you if, if you want to listen to it you listen to it very carefully you take care of the cover and since it has to be because there's no reissues uh it has to be in a great condition when i get it so i know that it can stay that way right yeah then then i would do it but not otherwise no yeah see for me i, I i'd have trouble dropping that kind of money on a record that, yeah, well, that I don't be, have the record be. yet, so <laughs> go, go, go figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. That, that's tough. That, that my, I, no. I think my wife would kill me if I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm going to no. go drop 200 bucks on, on an Iron Maiden record. Mm. She'd be like, are you yeah. stupid or what? Yeah. Be like, no, it's Iron Maiden. <laughs> if my wife knew I would be dead a long time ago. <laughs> good thing you don't have a podcast where you talk about all your records. Yes, it's a good thing. <laughs> she's all can i listen to your show no, no no you wouldn't like it it's not interesting no. mom mom can listen but not yeah, my wife. My, yeah. <laughs> mom i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah but but speaking of of those holy grails and 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 vinyl records in general how did you feel when when you first got your own vinyl record in your hand from your own band that was a very special feeling. Yeah. It was because when I started playing, releasing a record was not on the map at all. So I wasn't thinking CDs. I wasn't thinking vinyl. I wasn't thinking anything. The only thing I thought about when I started making music was so cool. It would be so cool if someone heard this. And it's like at that time it was MySpace and you can upload stuff and yeah, well, you can send people a link and you're just happy if someone likes it, you know. But then as you grow older, you grow, uh, your band grows, uh, you have some success with your band and you actually record a full length album. Then you, uh, well, long before that, but in those plans, you start to think, man, I would like to hold this in my hand in, in the form of a vinyl record someday. And when you finally do, well, you, you're, you, you still have that feeling that, oh, I really want people to buy it. You want people to, to listen to it and like it uh, wherever they, they choose to, to listen to it. But just to hold that record, yeah, um, that's, uh, that was a special feeling. Yeah. And I heard, uh, I, I don't remember who it was, perhaps it was Henry Rollins or, or, or somebody like that. But it's sort of like they say, with a vinyl record, there is some there is a legacy right there that you cannot throw away like you do with a CD. Yeah, exactly. If you own a, a vinyl record from a band, you, you, you most likely will keep that in your collection, even though you not listen to it. Oh, yeah. It will not throw away. Perhaps you will sell it, but you... You don't throw it away because I, I had a couple of CDs that I have thrown away. I don't care about them. No, uh, I I've sold almost almost all of my uh, CDs, but it's harder if you if you look if I have a vinyl record that I don't like, it's harder for me to throw it away or or at least so I want to give it away or, or, but most of them I I keep. But but do you sense 
there is a feeling when when you meet people on the road, fans and so forth, that that there are collectors that they want to have it all, because you got a couple of 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 records out there with Liar. Yeah, well, sometimes I mean, um, the the vast majority of the people that buys merch from us are um, music lovers uh, who uh, go to a concert with. Uh, um, what I believe is the feeling of if I if I like this band if this band touches me in any way I want to support them and then I will buy a t-shirt and a record yeah um, sometimes people come up and it's very very clear that these people are collectors because they come and if uh, I mean if the vinyls or the like uh, if the seven inch single or whatever it is 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 numbered they always ask, like, yeah, well, uh, do you think you can uh, dig up the uh, uh, the the earliest number, yeah. like the the lowest number of this you have? But yeah, sorry, uh, the lowest number we have is like uh, like fifty. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. As long as it's the lowest you have, and it's like, why does he care? You know. <laughs> but it's but it's pretty funny because because it's um, I mean. Uh, you can really see that the, those kinds of people they buy it all, and most of them they don't buy the CDs. Even in Germany, where where that's still big, it's like if they're real collectors, they well they can buy a T-shirt if they think it's it looks good or something like that. But but they they make sure to buy every vinyl record there is. And, sp- and speaking of buying uh, from the artist, the episode that we had last week. We, we talked about that and I talked to you about this uh, before because that's a new thing that you buy music directly from the artist, especially at a show. Yeah. Do you see that growing? Is it that some something that you, uh, when you attended shows growing up and, and started going to, to see shows, uh, something that you missed? And you wished were there, and now that they are, uh, are you satisfied with that? Because when when I was growing up, you you couldn't buy. I think I was like 30 years old the first time I saw uh, 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 some CDs at a show. I never, when I grew up, nobody had any music with them. Is it was only T-shirts and, and and posters and and scarves and and so forth. Yeah, well, um, when I was growing up, that was kind of the deal as well i think uh in my teenage years with which was like in the um early and mid 2000s it was i mean there were cds sometimes at shows uh like but that was like bigger shows if you went to like uh like a bigger venue bigger bands maybe sometimes they had cds but no one really cared about that, what I can recall. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I bought the new CD at the show. I never heard that when the when the bigger bands came along. Um, it was always like, oh, I got the T-shirt and so on. It's always like you had to have that Iron Maiden T-shirt or whatever. But, I mean, vinyl records came about at shows, I think, for me, I think it was, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean... It could have been only like, I mean, in Sweden, it was quite early, but it was like even in those terms, it was like seven years ago or something. So, I mean, records at shows, I think, uh, I think the underground 
pushed that a little bit because all the hardcore punks and like the uh, like the punk rock kids uh, that do a lot of underground shows themselves they always sell uh, you know they have their own distros at shows and sell a lot of people's records and I think that scene has blended a bit with with the rock and roll scene and the metal scene and with the times we are in now where you don't really know how to to uh to make money off your music i think it's i think those uh those things have have been very crucial to us now seeing it almost like a it's almost like a rule nowadays that you have to have at least if you don't have a vinyl then you have your cd or your demo or whatever it's uh, it's there at the merch table and it wasn't like that before so you're absolutely right there because i i feel when i go to shows nowadays uh, when i see uh, a band like like yourself with Mm -hmm. wire or uh, some other band that are are coming up that are younger than me i i tend to, to 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 go to the merch table and and buy some vinyl records and i'm for me, I'm very pleased that, that there is a possibility for me to, to buy it uh, from the artist directly. Do you think that has um, changed at all? Because you know there's the record labels uh, or, uh, and, and stuff like that. And it, is it easier for, for bands today to get noticed with their own vinyl records and, and get to, to um, uh, make some money out of it? I think so. I mean... Even if you even if you're signed to a to a record label nowadays, um, the record label. I mean, we've only worked with indie record labels, in, independents. But I mean, they want to be they want to be like the bridge between the the local unsigned bands and the big bands. So they want to, of course, get you to a big to to a bigger level. But at the same time. They know how effective the grassroots can be. So I think in our experience, we've never um, heard from our record companies that we shouldn't sell uh, sell CDs or vinyls at shows. They've encouraged it from from what I can remember. And and usually when we ask for like that, we want records uh, to stash to have with us on tour. Uh, we always get it delivered and. I mean, I think if the bands are willing to distribute stuff themselves, it would be foolish for any record label to say no. <laughs> so, I mean, that I think that's the sign of the times as well, where you don't have record stores in the same way you, ha- you did before. And people are always, always uh, complaining about shipping costs when you have to buy it from, from the band or the label online and stuff. And, and then if you're going to send it uh, to, to other countries, then there's a tax issue sometimes. And, you know, so I think um, the, the thing with live music becoming so, so big nowadays, because uh, that's the only way you can really experience the music uh, I think the same goes for for records. I mean, people are there in the moment; they feel it. They they drink their their favorite beverage and they listen to this music live. And if they like it, they're like, "I should really seize this moment and buy the record." I think that's very crucial. I I think so too. It's it's cool to see that there are so many bands that bring their own stuff to to shows and and. Uh... 
and make it happen so that we all nerds can buy the stuff. And speaking of music, you got a new single that's coming out. We do. It's called yeah. Catch and Release. And we're going to listen to it right now. Here is Lyle Thief Bandit, Catch and Release. <laughs>
So that was a new single, Catch and Release, from Lie Thief Bandit. Go check them out. Buy all of their vinyl albums, T-shirts, whatever you want. It. Check them out. They're on social media. And when all of this crap is over, go see this band live. You're in for a fucking treat. I'll shit you not. Uh, Mike, Yeah. thank you so much, my friend, for uh, being on our show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Cool. Great. It's been fun. It's fun. Mike talks about you a lot in it, so it's finally good <laughs> to finally have you on and get to chat with you for through through the internets, as it were. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. So of course, so, and go and check out our Instagram account. It sounds on vinyl and hook us up on social media. And until next time, later. Later. If your ears aren't bleeding by now, you didn't listen to Sounds on Vinyl the right way, so go back and listen again. Sounds on Vinyl is hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer and produced by Boozehound Entertainment. Go to soundsonvinyl.com to support the show, to dive deeper into listening and collecting vinyl. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support.